My goodness, there is so much to get to, and a late Monday show might have to be the norm. I'll explain in a second. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is you've decided to make Big Sky Sports Talk a part of your day. My family and I greatly appreciate it. You found the only podcast in the world completely devoted to the coverage of the four major franchises of one major market, and that's Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, we do things a little bit differently. We do it from Big Sky Country, Billings, Montana. Billings, Montana. My goodness, why did I say it like that? Um, we also cover ASU football and ASU basketball members of the Big 12, which I will get into a little bit later. All this presented by Muya Billings, the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports. So I, I got so much to get to, so much to talk to. And we've got to do it fast. So first things first, I don't want to um, cause any kind of confusion, but it, it might be con- might cause confusion altogether. But it is 6.25 p.m. on Monday. Um, usually my Monday shows, and, and this, this one is no exception, but here, here's what I mean by um, Monday, late Monday shows might, might be the norm. And it will kind of seem like you'll have back-to-back Big Sky Sports Talk episodes to get through. Um, and Because I'm about to um, cover everything Diamondbacks and the disaster that was the Diamondbacks um, during the show. Um, everything red and white practice uh, from the Cardinals. Um, and then a- everything ASU... Um, uh, before uh, today's practice, um, and I think I think that's it. I think that's all, all I have. But it is quite a bit. Now, in between some of those days, um, was some of the um, why well, not some of the but the big news involving ASU, U of A, Colorado, and Utah. Um, in the conference realignment. And so even though some of that happened, you know, Friday after my show and, and trickled into the weekend, I'm going to talk about that for Tuesday's show. But I'm going to record Tuesday's show almost immediately after this one, but I'm going to release it, you know, um, for early in the morning. So that I know all of that sounds con- confusing, and, and with that, because there's so much on you know, uh, so much sound that I'm pulling from, uh, you know, the news breaking of, you know, Arizona State and Arizona and all the reaction. I, I'm doing you know, and I kind of wanted it to be its own thing because it's so so huge uh, news. Um, and some of some of the sound I'm pulling was from the weekend. Some of it was from Friday. Some of it was even um, from from today. And there there will be a little bit of uh, Cardinals and a little bit of ASU um, that's not conference realignment ASU news that I'm also going to do that happened today for tomorrow's show. And I again I know that can kind of sound confusing, but I just wanted to let you know now just kind of up front of of what's coming up today and for tomorrow's show that you'll kind of you know if you're a um a 
big time fan of of, of me and, and Big Sky Sports Talk, you'll probably listen to them back to back. But some of the news that you you'll be getting or some of the topics, you know, will just kind of intermingle and crisscross applesauce. Um, but I, I, I'll, I'm hoping to map it out for you, and, and I'll re- be reiterating during both shows of what's going on, so you're not um, super confused. But anyway, hi. <laughs> I just wanted to get all that out there. I hope you you're doing good. I hope your weekend was good. Um, my weekends are are pretty pretty busy weekends, as I normally say, and that's the reason for such a late show. Like when when I when I'm winding down Sunday, I just I have no energy and effort uh, to put towards the show, and it's it's I don't want it to show. Um, you know. During the show, I I don't want you to kind of get that vibe, and so I think I'd rather have it. I'll be a, a very late show, and some of you might still be listening to it later on this evening. You know, as you're winding down your day, um, like I said, it's six twenty nine um uh, on this Monday, and uh, in the PM, and I, I should have this done within the next uh, hour and a half. So, um, that'll be seven thirty, eight o'clock. If you listen to it real quick before you, as you're going to bed or whatever, then, or you can listen to it, you know, you're, maybe you're listening to it early, you know, Tuesday morning on your way, and then you'll listen to Tuesday show a little bit later, you know, that that's fine. But I, I think that's kind of going to be the norm. And I apologize if it, for those of you that just like, Hey, I got to have the show. I got to, I got to, you know, I, w- I want to know what you're thinking, what you're talking about, um, you know, on my on my way into work, you know, on my way to school or what, whatever your, your busy day is. And I'm, I apologize. I just, I don't, I don't have it right now. It's not in the cards with the earlier schedule of work. And then everything I do over the weekend, it's very, very difficult for me to do that. And I, I just rather have a focused, um, show full of energy and life, um, to the best of my ability than, 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 um, uh, than a week show. So that's, that's kind of what, what we're doing. But anyway, I hope your weekend was good. I hope, uh, I hope you had a good one. Um, mine, one, mine was, you know, fairly the same as always Saturday work. I did, uh, some Ubering, uh, a little bit, um, hung out with my sister, uh, after the, the kids got back, I went to the golf range with, with my buddy Dustin, um, sat- Saturday afternoon, um, and then hung out with him and I, I did some uh, um, stuff for uh, for Sunday morning. Uh, church was fantastic and and uh, um, had a great time for the summer bash. Uh, just it, it was just really really good a really good weekend and uh, I hope uh, hope you had a solid one as as well. Um, but yeah, there, there's that. Uh, so yeah, that, that's a little bit about what's going on and, and I hope you're, you're good with that. I do have some, some news, uh, some of it I'm kind of, kind of, uh, you know, hold close to the vest, but there is, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but it, it is some potentially good news for me, for the show. Um, and, and well, you know, I'm still working out, out the details, but I, the only thing I will say is the owner of the 
uh, Muya Billings location knows about what I'm doing to try to bring business to that location as well as other locations. And, uh, um, we, uh, you know, there, there's going to be a, a sit down soon and hopefully I, I don't know what it's going to be and I, I'm not going to hold my breath. So, and I, you know, I'm not going to, you know, mention a whole heck of a lot here because I really don't, I really don't know. You know, if I knew I would definitely tell you, but there's something going to be done for me and, and, um, it, it could in, impact the show as well. So we'll see on that. Um, might have some feature, a feature, some future, uh, road shows at Muya Billings. So if you live in Billings and you like to go to Muya, um, you might catch me there. And, uh, so if you see me, come, come hang out, come talk. I'm recording. That's fine. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll set something up. And uh, so, so that's some exciting news that I can talk on, and we're going to try to get that set up. I feel that very, very confident that that's going to happen um, in the near future. Um, so we'll see. So some big things are are coming, and uh, you know, I, I'm that I'm pretty jacked up about. And so that that happened uh, over the weekend as well. Just kind of some some news of that uh, uh, breaking. So. Anyway, I'm I'm super jacked up. Uh, but uh, sound credits, um, dbacks.com for the dback stuff and the terrible sweep that happened. Uh, I'm not going to spend a whole heck of a lot of time on the Diamondbacks. Um, and then we have uh, azcardinals.com for Jonathan Gannon um, pre-red and white practice, which is their biggest practice. A lot of fans come, get autographs, so it's a good time. Uh, so he talk, he talks to the media or spoke to the media before that practice. Paris Johnson Jr. spoke to the media after the practice, as well as um, a, a, a player that I'm really not familiar with, but he's um, tied in Noah to Togani. Um, he spoke to the media briefly um, after the red and white practice we have from seven sun devil source um coach dillingham after their fifth um practice and then um and then uh sixth practice as well and then also um let's see um i think um, and then we'll do, he, he had a seventh practice uh, today, which will be on tomorrow's show that we'll do. So we'll have, uh, we have two things from Sun Devil Source then. And then, um, uh, Arizona Sports, um, talks, uh, just kind of a recap after the red and white practice as well that, that we'll kind of stick with the I will do with the Cardinals um but we'll we'll finish uh, it with with ASU we'll start with Diamondbacks Cardinals and then ASU but that's the sound credits um again that's uh dbacks.com azcardinals.com um Sun Devil Source uh YouTube page uh that gives us the ASU and uh, 98.7 FM, uh, Arizona Sports, the Arizona Sports YouTube page gives us um, uh, so, some talk and opinion on the red and white practice. So 
we have uh, the terrible sweep that happened to the Diamondbacks up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. Muya Burgers, Fries, Shakes, and Billings is the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. There are several Muya locations throughout the United States and a couple of locations internationally. Let's start out with the food. The burgers are fantastic. They have burgers for every lifestyle, vegan, keto, low-calorie, as well as gluten-free. My personal favorite is the Cheddar Bacon Barbecue Burger. Their fries are always fresh, and don't forget about the Muya sauce. You can get a shake to go along with it. Though the food is good, I always leave satisfied, but their customer service is at the top. Rico, he's the general manager of Muya Billings. He and his staff are top-notch. They are located at 2695 King Avenue West in Billings, Montana. So go see my guy Rico. He'll hook you up and tell him I sent you. Muya Billings, the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. The Diamondbacks stink. <laughs> they they just absolutely stink. I I I don't know what I was else I was going to say there, but I, it couldn't come to my mind. But they get swept. They get swept by a Minnesota Twins team that that's okay. A couple games above five hundred. Actually, um, now I you know they're better than Diamondbacks. A, a couple. You know, Diamondbacks are a couple games above 500 as well, but uh, Minnesota's definitely moving up and Diamondbacks are moving down. Um, Friday's game was by far the most competitive of, of the three. Um, it was a one-point loss, uh, ten, uh, Tennessee. Uh, Minnesota, the Twins, uh, beat the Diamondbacks 3-2. to two. And it was uh, Merrill Kelly on the mound. He pitched six innings, gave up six hits, um, two earned runs, one walk, nine strikeouts. So good, not great. Um, uh, in uh, 3.21 ERA, McGuff, two-thirds of an inning, one hit, one earned run, uh, three walks and two strikeouts, 4.31. Uh, Frias uh, pitched a third of an inning, struck out one, 5.84 ERA. And Castro uh, finished it off with one inning, uh, zeros across the board, all uh, pop-ups and ground-outs uh, for him. He has a 3.97 ERA. And it was Perdomo, 1 for 5. Cattell Marte, 0 for 5. Corbin Carroll, 1 for 4. Christian Walker, 1 for 4. Tommy Pham, 1 for 4. Gurliel as a DH, 1 for 3. Rivera, 0 for 2. Uh, Jace Peterson as a pinch hitter, 0 for 2. McCarthy, 2 for 3. Harea one for three, and uh, Alec Thomas one for one um, for him. Uh, Dimex score in the second and the fourth. Um, they only muster up two runs on um, nine hits. Uh, Minnesota uh, scores in the third, the sixth, and the seventh on uh, three runs and seven hits. Both teams, no errors here is how it all went down. One away in the second, and now it's Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Down the line, headed for the left field corner, and gone! Lourdes Gurriel 
Jr. gets the Diamondbacks the early lead. Let's get this thing going. Like it. Looks like a changeup working its way down and in. I've mentioned before, I feel Lourdes is a real good low ball hitter. And smash that one to left field. So two down. Here's Polanco, one nothing Arizona. Deep to right. Yeah. special ability to turn on a ball and somehow keep it fair. So many guys will hook it foul. That's a cutter cutting in on him. He knew it was gone. He knew it was fair. Ariel back to the bag. That's out number two. Now the batter will be McCarthy. Jake, there he goes. He got it by Correa. Punches it into left center. Gurriel stops at second. Jake McCarthy, two for two. And now the Diamondbacks have a chance here. Two on, two off. The number nine hitter. Get out, ball. Get out, ball. Get out. Boy, that hung up there. You thought maybe Correa gets to it, but it dropped in for a hit. It just dunks over Correa's head. Gurriel will score easily running with two outs in the inning. And Jake McCarthy, as usual, takes the extra 90 feet and ends up at third. Let's see if the Twins can get some cooking against Merrill Kelly. Kepler with a drive to right field. He's hit it well. Headed to the scoreboard. Gone! We're tied! Max Kepler with a blast. His 16th of the year. And it's two apiece. One off. The team lead, and it's tied the game here in the sixth. Max Kepler delivers the jolt the Twins needed, 16th of the year for Kepler. Get Bailey over off the hook. It's Taylor, Correa, and Julian due up in a 2-2 game. High fly to right. McCarthy's back at the wall. It's gone to the opposite field. Michael A. Taylor gives the Twins the lead. He doesn't hit any wall scrapers. This was a wall scraper. I guess it takes him going the other way for it to be a wall scraper. That's an overhang, limestone overhang scraper. Right there, just over the flower beds. The Twins hit their third home run of the night and have a 3-2 lead here in the seventh. There's your tying run. McCarthy's aboard. Alec Thomas, homegrown talent, second round pick in 2018. McCarthy bluffs and holds. That one bounces through. Thomas into left center. McCarthy flying into third. Alec Thomas with a base hit. And the tying runs down there at third. Not out of the woods yet, though, with Ketel Marte. Tying run 90 feet away. Strike three is called. And the game is over. Another nail-biting win for the Twins. That last call, well, I mean, it... It might have caught the edge there. I don't know. When I saw it just now, it looked like it was a ball. Um, and Cattell certainly thought so as well. But it doesn't matter. Diamondbacks lose. 3-2. to two. And uh, then we go on to Saturday. And it wasn't even close. It, it was Minnesota a lot. And Diamondbacks not a lot. 12-1, to one, in fact. And the only run scored was... Well, Lourdes Gurriel, he homered in, in Friday night's game in the second, and he homered in Saturday's game in the second. And uh, that was it. It was poor pitching throughout. Ryan Nelson, three innings, eight hits given up, six earned runs, walked uh, zero, but um, only got 
five strikeouts, just absolutely terrible. 5.16 ERA, Mantiply, one inning, three hits, two more earned runs, 6.11 ERA. Gilbert, by far the best, uh, two uh, innings pitched, two hits, two earned runs, one walk, five strikeouts. Um, Patrick Seawald falls on his face. He's the new guy. Uh, one inning pitch. Um, well, I didn't even really fall on his face. Um, there, there were some runs that were allowed, but they don't get tagged to him. How about that? Um, three, uh, three strikeouts. He has a 2.86 ERA. Um, Carson Kelly. Um, they just didn't feel like, um, going too deep into, um, the pitching staff like they already did. So Carson Kelly went one inning, gave up four hits, uh, two earned runs, and uh, no walks, no strikeouts, uh, has a nine uh, ERA. Kelly and Tyler Gilbert, um, by far, were um, the uh, the best. Um, it's, you know, Gilbert... Two innings, so one inning less, gave up uh, six hits less and four earned runs less uh, and had the same amount of strikeouts, did have one extra walk than Ryan Nelson. Carson Kelly, obviously two innings less, um, four hits less than Ryan Nelson and two earned runs, uh, so four earned runs less, um, no walks, no strikeouts. Um, and that is it. Hold on. I, I, I get a live call, but it won't be on the air. Well, may I'll put it on there. Let's see if I can do this. Nope. It, I got mi- It got missed. My mom wants me to go to Chick-fil-A, but I'm in the middle of recording. Um, I'll give you the, uh, the highlights and go see what my mom wants. A lot of offers. Uh, Perdomo, 0 for 4. Ketel Marte, 0 for 3. Um, Corbin Carroll, 0 for 2. Um, McCar- uh, let's see, not McCarthy. Uh, Christian Walker, 0 for 3. Um, Rivera, pinch hitter, 0 for 1. Tommy Pham, 0 for 3. Uh, Carson Kelly, uh, he had an at-bat, but he was an 0 for... Um, Lourdes Guerrero, the only one did anything, 1 for 3. And Jace Peterson, one for four. Um, 12 runs on 17 hits, no error, uh, errors for Minnesota. One run on two hits and zero errors for the Diamondbacks. Here is how it sounded. Oh, man, I just exited that out. Well, who cares how it sounded? It doesn't really matter. I just exited that out. Hold on, hold on. I got to get that up. Because it was rough. It was absolutely rough. And then I got to see what my mom wants. I almost answered the call on the air. And uh, you would have been able to hear from her. But we're not going to do that right now. Oh, my goodness. I hit the wrong button. But that happens. That happens. That happens. That happens. Probably going to happen a lot on road shows. I'm getting jacked up about that. Oh... There it is.
Joe Maurer, a St. Paul Little Leaguer to a Minnesota Big Leaguer, a well-played journey. This evening, I'm humbled and honored to be inducted to the 38th member of the Minnesota Twins Hall of Fame and to join a group of people who I deeply admire and respect. Uriel hit a home run here yesterday in his first at bat. Came off Big Bailey Ober. Lertis hits it deep to left field. Matt Walner backing up, backing up, and there it goes. Lertis Guriel Jr. has homered in consecutive games, and just like last night, a second-inning home run from Guriel makes it one nothing defense. It's a 1-1 score at target field. Jeffers swings and launches high and deep to right center. Back it goes, deep it goes, and gone a home run. Ryan Jeffers, an opposite field, second inning two-run shot with one swing of the bat. The Twins have a 3-1 lead. In the corners with uh, one out for Matt Walner. That'll work. Kepler scores from third. Correa to third. Walner with an RBI double, and it's 4-1. Good at bat for Matt Walner to add at least one more. Yeah, two good at-bats on the night for him. So Cash with a sack fly RBI to left. It's a 5-1 Twins lead. Jeff is launching a two-run homer out to right center. He has a career-high 11-game inning streak. That's a fair ball right over the back. To start the fourth thing, it's Michael A. Taylor. In the air, deep right field, down into the corner. It's pushing foul, and it's off the pole for a home run. He went opposite field into the dock yesterday, and he hits this one with a kiss off the right field foul pole. Home run, Michael A. Taylor, 7-1, Twins lead. Ryan Jeffers with a two-run home run, an RBI double. It has been a really good night at the plate once again for the Twins catcher. Deep to the left field corner. Gone again. It's a two-homer day for Ryan Jeffers. Ten total bases, and it's 9-1 wins. Here is Kepler, two for three. This ball hit high in the air for Max Kepler's center field. It's Terry, get up. Get out of here, Max! Gone! Way gone! Max Kepler obliterates the baseball into the Saturday night sky, and it's 10-1. 435 feet. You don't see many balls get up there. He unloaded on that ball, holy cow. Twins have struck for 10. Kenta Maeda in great position here to pick up his third win of the season. Yeah, Kenta had everything going tonight. Just two hits, one, one single, solo home run, seven strikeouts. We were off balance, couple balls hit hard, that's it. All right, well, there you have it uh, with a little bit of uh, an ad there um, because, well, I exited it. Um, yeah, my mom wanted Chick-fil-A, so I'm ordering Chick-fil-A right now that uh um or I was during during that uh that twelve one debacle bullcrap that happened um for game two. Game three, um a little bit better but not much. A very, very uh, like several hour rain delay. I mean it was it was part of the, you know, what happened um, here in Billings. Actually, some rain hit us as well on the, on Sunday, and uh, it was um, 
Let's see. Um, it doesn't say how long it the rain delay was on here, but anyway, it was uh, uh five three. Uh, twins win five three. Um, and for the Diamondbacks, Zach Gallen went seven innings, gave up four hits, two earned runs, uh, two walks, eight strikeouts. So better, a little bit better. Uh, but for Zach Gallen, I say good, not great. Um, three point three seven ERA. Uh, now on the uh, season, Kevin Ginkle gave up one walk and two strikeouts. Um, and two point zero eight ERA. Um, and uh, Seawald uh, actually falls on his face this time. Um, two hits, three earned runs, um, one walk, no strikeouts. He has a three point four eight ERA. So he 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 falls on his face, loses the game for the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks have uh, three runs on eleven hits. Um, and uh, no errors. Minnesota had five runs on only six hits and one error. But because Seawood fell on his face, that's why you lose. And uh, but it, I am glad to report that uh, the Diamondbacks had some hits. You know they haven't had a whole lot of hits, so um, maybe some uptick. Cattell Marte he still went zero for three though. Perdomo zero for two. Corbin Carroll two for three. Tommy Pham is a DH zero for four. Christian Walker two for five. Lourdes Gurriel three for five. Um, Rivera over five, McCarthy two for three, Nick Ahmed over four, Carson Kelly two for two. Um, and that is it. Uh, Peterson and um, Herrera had had played appearances, but they were overs. Um, and uh, that's rough. You you get swept. And, uh, yeah, so this is how this one went down. And for real this time, I'm not going to hit exit on it. My mom came in and really distracted me there. Normally that doesn't happen. I'm usually pretty professional in that way. But, um, anyway, here's how it went down for game three and that 5-3 loss. One on and one down for McCarthy. One ball, two strike pitch in the air, slicing foul ball back to third, long run for Walner. Castro going out, Walner slides for him. Did he make the catch? You bet he did. And an acrobatic move by Castro to leap out of the way. What a catch by Matt Walner in left field. And thankfully, miraculously, there was no collision. The Diamondbacks have runners on the corners for Tommy Pham. Now for Pham, you're just trying to lift something deep. Bounce to second, Julian for one, Correa, pretty turn, they can't get it, Fan beats it out, Carson's home, and it's 1-0 Diamondback. Right, here's Billy Castro, one out in the inning. Drilled to the right field corner, down for a hit. Castro's going to dig for two. The throw from McCarthy, not in time. And the Twins get their first extra base hit. Remember Gallon, last Tuesday in San Francisco. And two outs and a 3-0 lead in the sixth. Three batters later, it was 3-3. Three three. Runners at second and third for the Twins. Two outs. We have Correa, who we know historically has been a threat, but this year and this series in particular has not swung the bat well. Gallon trying to take care of business at home plate. Correa to left. And that's down for a hit. It'll score two. Carlos Correa with a two-run single to put the Twins in front. It's just like the sixth inning. 
last week in San Francisco. Out number two. Runner at second, a base hit by Guriel that leaves the infield. It's going to tie this game up. Lernis drops it into right center field. Here comes Corbin Carroll. It gets to the warning track out there. Lernis Guriel Jr. ties it up. Boy, he has carried them on this road trip. And the answer backs have done it again. They have been running wild on the bases all day today. Diamondbacks have runners at first and third. And here is Geraldo Perdomo. The 1-1, runner goes. The pitch is down low. And Peterson in standing with a stolen base for him. That is number 13. Eight steals for the Diamondbacks against the Twins today. They've stolen a franchise record eight bases. Second and third, two down. Can they capitalize right here? Got him! As if leaving 12 on wasn't bad enough. One away, and here comes Walker. Feel like you gotta win this game. Walker slams it toward the left field corner, and it's gone! Christian Walker in the ninth in Minnesota, and the Diamondbacks have a 3-2 lead. Last chance, Kepler, 0 for 3 today, has struck out twice and flied out to right. Drive to right field. On the first pitch, we are tied. He ties it up with a solo shot to right. So a home run and now a walk to start the inning. Here's Matt Walder. A high fly, right center field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that's we know that that's what happened. So we don't have to talk about it anymore. And so now this is how the Diamondbacks sit. They have they play the Dodgers uh, tomorrow, and we'll talk about that on Wednesday's show. Um, but Diamondbacks are in third, nine games behind the Dodgers. They were. Um, I don't think they were ever nine games ahead, but they were ahead of all these teams. They're four and a half uh, back from, or, well, San Francisco is four and a half back. Uh, Diamondbacks are, um, let's see, what would that be? Uh, Diamondbacks are, uh, I want to see, Three and a half back um, from San Francisco. But 57 and 56. One game above 500. One game, two and eight in their last 10 on a six game losing streak. It, it, it cannot, well, it, it, it can get worse, but I, I can't even, I don't even want to talk about it possibly getting worse and but I think that it very well might like I said they have a two game set and I think that'll be every that'll be well no the end of this month will be the end of the Dodgers but they have two games they're back in Arizona It'll be uh tomorrow um and uh Wednesday uh, against the the Dodgers at home um and it will be uh, Brandon Fott, who had a really great outing uh, a week ago. Shoot, my last episode up until this episode was talking about Brandon Fott. It was almost a week ago. Um, just di- Diamondbacks keep on stinking it up. And 
but time keeps on going and it, it I know that kind of seems obvious but that that's the that's everything um uh Diamondbacks um we'll uh go ahead and and get into some Cardinals up next on Big Sky Sports Talk All right JG this is your first red and white practice what what are you looking for? Play football. Yeah, um, looking forward to seeing our guys. Um, you know, it's kind of a not a dress rehearsal. I don't want to say, but a time that we can go fast and make it pretty game like before preseason one. So, um, you know, it's going to be. They don't have scripts memorized. They don't know what's being called. They kind of have a game plan just as like a, a probably honestly harder than a game because they don't exactly know what's being called but um go play football execute you know have a good attitude and uh you know i got to get better today as always so it'll be good a couple about three or four sessions of unscripted situational type ball and uh looking forward to seeing us compete today i don't know if every team always does unscripted plays during you know a a big practice for the cardinals it's the red and white practice it's the biggest practice the biggest turnout for fans uh, a padded practice a, a scrimmage game if you will it, it, it's it's everything you want um for for a preseason or not really, i don't say preseason but a a spring training you know practice scrimmage atmosphere and the fans are there. And, again, I don't know if every team knows that, but I do like that idea. Like, hey, hey, let's see how much you guys have learned and can you, you know, um, execute what's called not knowing that it's coming. Um, not knowing that, hey, this is something we practiced all week or or whatever. Let, let's, let's see how... how how it goes. And so I, I think that's, I don't know. I, I really, really like that. What was the kind of behind signing Mac? Was that more of a looking for depth? Is it, is it? Yeah, really good player. We just, we decided to uh, add good job by Monty. And uh, again, you guys know how Monty rolls. We're going to try to improve our team every, every second that we get. So I'm excited to have him here. I was with him uh, in Indy. Phenomenal person, phenomenal teammate, and excited to get him acclimated. Cardinals uh, signed at kind of as a in more of a an extra depth backup kind of role behind James Connor and someone that's familiar, as he just said, with uh, um, Jonathan Gannon that he's familiar with, or JG is familiar with said player, and that said player is Marlon Mack. Um, he was, he was a, a running, uh, backup running back for, um, uh, for the Eagles. So, um, nice, nice depth piece and we'll, we'll see how that, uh, turns out. How much does he still have, you think? We'll find out, huh, Bob? <laughs> no, you could ask, you know, he's not, he's not, he's, he's said, He's had some really good years. He's been nicked like a lot of running backs have, you know. Um, but if you ask him, he's got a lot left in the tank, you know. So we'll see. His addition isn't any reflection on Keontae or Gordon. No, add a good player. 
today with more fans, more of a dress rehearsal for the guys just getting in front of a bigger crowd today? Yeah, I, you know, and this was brought to my attention that we do this red white. I, I loved it. Yeah, all for it. You know, let everybody in. You know, so uh, it's it gets our guys. You know, the more we can put external factors on them, like a game has. You know, the better off we are. We got to concentrate when it's loud, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing our crowd today. You said at the end of last week that this week was going to be a tough week for the guys with six days and. I do. I think that the real test is today. Um, you know, we'll see how we run around, how we execute, how we play football today. But um, it was a, it was a stressful week for those guys by design. They understood the why behind it, and they responded well. They really did. Do you know who's going to be your starting quarterback week one at this point? I don't know who is going to start in any position right now. What, what is going on with Keontae? Seems like he took a little back. Yeah, he's got a little nick. He's he'll be back pretty soon. What's the latest on the guys on the pub? Uh, working day by day, and uh, hopefully we start to, you know, get closer to making those decisions to take them off pup. But um, you know, again, with all those guys until they're, you know, physically and mentally ready to play, then uh, we'll leave them on there. But I, I like where they're all trending and they're doing a good job. The penalty flag so far with the guys you got out there repping you, uh, has it been consistently a good on your side of things or are you making too many penalties? Yeah, it's, it's funny because, you know, there is obviously a human element to refs. Um, so we had a crew, we got a crew in here today. You know, Scott Novak and his crew is in here. They were two days and yesterday, obviously, we, it was a walkthrough. But two days ago when we went fast, you know, that really what we're looking for with our players when they come, players and coaches, is the education of how they officiate. And understand that there's going to be some variance in that, you know, but it's educating our players, hey, here's what we're looking for. These are the points of emphasis. They showed a video last night, points of emphasis from the entire league um, that typically points of emphasis every year. They officiate a little bit, you know, um, harder, more strict, you know, at times. But uh, we're looking just, that's part of our game that we have to be educated and we got to understand you know, what is a foul and what isn't, and uh, you got to play within the rules. So that's that's very valuable for us. And then, you know, when they're not with our players, they're not on the field, the coaches have things. They make cut-ups for them. Hey, take me through this. Why is this called? Why is this not called? Myself, you know, being a first-time head coach, I ask those guys, hey, you know, can I do this? You know, how would you like me to approach this? Different things like that. So it's just a really good back and forth. And, and uh, I know they have a hard job. Um, but they, they, they care and they do a good job. They're like, they're, they're pretty well prepared with, uh, what's going on. That's, it's a, I wouldn't want that job. They do a good job. Through those conversations, have you, what was something that you learned through that? Um, don't challenge this cause it's not going to get overturned. Today's practice, will you do similar things with the coaching staff, like put coaches in different Yeah, places? we got some. So a little bit of a um, little bit of a practice, a little bit of a game. So uh, to start, we'll have everyone down, just like you guys have seen. Then we'll have a period where certain coaches go up. We'll put on the headsets, make sure our communication's right, make sure that our, I would call it, uh, Headset standard operating procedures is to my liking as in a dress rehearsal before we get out there against Denver and um, You know start start the process of learning how to communicate, you know all those things, but 
it's honestly probably harder today than a game just because of, you know, the, the clock operator and the refs, but it's not real game. I'm kind of out of a whim. Hey, let's change the situation and do this. And some guys might not know what's going on a little bit. So it's actually more chaotic today, and that's okay. But um, if I was a coordinator, I probably wouldn't like it. But um, uh, we'll, we'll do a good job. But it's kind of a dress rehearsal for those guys too. Good question. Different or extra that you tell your undrafted guys um, no, no, I think it's for us is we educate them on here's what's expected. Here's what we need to see out of you. Um, and, uh, go play football. And again, like, how do you add value to this organization? Like all of us. And, uh, I thought they've, they've done a really good job up until this point. How would you start a camp your tight ends at this point? Say it again. How would you assess your tight ends? I like where they're at. I like where they're at. Obviously we've got a couple nicked. Um, you'll see those guys getting back in. But, um, you know, you see how Drew deploys them and uses them, and they all got a little bit different skill sets. Um, but it's, uh, you know, you got to have good players in those positions to play how we kind of want to play. Um, just from a defensive standpoint, when you got a guy that's multiple, it makes it a little bit hard. And um, I like where they're at. Backerch told us at the start of camp that he was two-week program and thought he thought he could do what he needs to accomplish to get back. It's going to be two weeks here in another day or so. Where's he at? Uh, I like where he's at. Um, I think you'll see him when he's ready to play. Trading in someone like Mac, do you envision having more of like a running back by committee, or do you think you'll have like a true RB1 coming? No, I think uh, who's ever up on game day, they will have a role to help us win. It's our job to identify what that role is for those guys. And I think that, you know, as you you got to play differently each week, um, and to win games, you know, typically. And I think that, you know, depending on what their role is and how we need to play and who's up, um, then they'll all contribute. I really do. So a lot of that, too, is it's a really good question. A lot of that's, you know, game dictated, situationally dictated, you know. Why didn't this guy have 20 touches? Well, we were, you know, down, you know. Or why did this guy have 30 touches? Well, we were up, you know, we we're trying to run out the clock. So. I always said, like, you know, play time and touches and this and that. It's, it's, it's a lot of it's game dictated, too. F line with the twos, is that a reflection of how he's performed, or is it just the mixing and matching you're talking about? Everybody, mix and matching. He's doing a good job, though, for just getting here. Focusing on everyone getting a little bit better, but is there anyone on the roster through two weeks of camp where you're, you're particularly pleased with the progress they're making? Um, yeah, all of them, you know, really am. I, I, you know, you guys know me like, yeah, there's there's some guys that are doing a really good job. They're all working really hard, trying to improve their game, trying to carve out a role for themselves for us to win on game day, you know. They're calling the defense out there on the field today. Uh, Nick, who's calling the defense? All the linebackers because we're not limited today of who has a green dot. So who's ever in there at Mike or Will will be calling it. All of them have it in their helmet right now, though. Every coach has their own approach, right? Every coach. What you are very hesitant to name any starter, right? What's the strategy behind that here? Mm, month and change till we play football. But are there guys that you know that this guy will start? We'll see. 
I think it's fine not naming a starter. And I think for him, it really is. I'm sure he has an idea. And there's some guys that, you know, probably will start because, you know, they, you know their, their paycheck dicks, dictates it. I, I feel like, you know, in the NFL, that, that means a little bit more. Um, but I feel like with JG, it doesn't matter a lick. Like, you've been here one year, you've been here for f- five or ten. If you're the best man out there, it does definitely does seem like you're going to be out there. Um, and then the, I think there's some obvious roles you, you kind of expect. James Conner to be RB1. You kind of expect Buda Baker to be, you know, the number one safety. You kind of expect Kyler, when he's ready and to go, to be quarterback one. There really is only those positions and maybe some special team things that you, you know for a fact, but it really does seem like it's up in the air, uh, and he's not just blowing smoke, but he's not giving anything away, and it really is because, and I honestly believe him, that he is evaluating everybody. Like, this team was so bad and probably is going to be so bad they can't afford to mess around, even though they are in, uh, definitely, I wouldn't say indefinitely, but they are definitely uh, tanking. Um, now, mind you, I want to remind you that the red and white practice already happened. It happened on Saturday. But the reason why I'm playing this stuff is because for tomorrow's episode, um, I'll have uh, JG on again, and they'll, you know, there'll be questions about, hey, now that practice has been happening, what, you know, how do you feel about this guy, or how do you feel about this, and now that you're preparing for a preseason game. You know, how do you feel, you know, so kind of hear some of his responses, you know, now for today, even though, it, again, the practice has already happened, um, and then for later. Um, uh, right now, we'll go to Paris Johnson, and this is this is after this uh, said red and white practice, and, you know, him being a rookie, um, we want to know what he thought about his first Big um, red and white practice. Paris? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it, it was awesome to have the amount of people that came, you know, to support. So it's, it's pretty cool. You know, you don't get that in college. It's just you and your team. You know what I mean? And, and that fence around it. So it was kind of cool to have that environment where, you know, the fans um, can be, the community can be a part of us preparing for the season, you know. It was cool. You know, that's always the fun part, you know, to be able to. Sign autographs for the kids because they'll always remember that. They'll remember everyone they get and every person that walked past them. So I try my I try my hardest to not walk past anybody, um, but you know I want to be able to spread the the excitement around the other you know sides of the stadium every time I try to get a chance. What are your reps stand out today? Anything stand out as far as your play? You remember that big head, big block? Um, I mean, I just think any I think any of my combination blocks with Will were awesome. I think any time we have a uh, defensive game that happens, any time that, that we pick it up, any time we have some great communication on the line that results in a first down or in a touchdown um, that happened today, I think that's exciting, you know, because regardless of what we do, he, like if, if we go and we, we dominate, 
and we we uh, we went our our one on one, but um, but at the same time, um, if we're not if it's not resulting in positive game, doesn't matter. So you know. Celebration plan if something big happens from you guys combo? Um, no, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I feel like it just happens in the moment, you know. What a build up for you coming up to this, you know. What's it going to feel like going out there for the first preseason game and then when's it going to finally hit you that, you know, you're playing a real game? Um, I mean, I feel like that's kind of the approach that I'm kind of taking right now, you know. <laughs> okay, wait, can you repeat your question again? Basically, just I mean, there's been a lot of buildup until your first game. Just what are, the, what are your feelings going through this, and when are you going to finally realize, okay, I'm in the NFL now? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of approaching I'm, I'm, I'm t taking right now, and I feel like a lot of that, a lot of that feeling, kind of, I got that, I got that over with during OTAs and all that. When I first got in the huddle, I'm looking around, I see Hollywood. I see Colt McCoy. I used to use them on Madden since I was a little kid. I'm like, oh my, I'm like really in the huddle with these guys. Like, you know, your first time, you know, I'm like, you know, I used to play the draft champs on Madden. I used to pick these dudes to be on my team to play my friends. You know what I mean? So I think I kind of got all that out of me and I'm like, all right, I'm really a part of this huddle. There's not, you know, there's a time and a place after a while when that kind of fan moment and you're on the team, but I'm kind of like, whoa, this is all happening kind of during OTAs, the mini camp. All that out the way, feel like, you know, I'm a part of the ones, I'm a part of this group, and I'm, in, I'm as valuable as all of them. Once you feel that, you're not really thinking about all that, you're thinking about, you know, play. How do you? Are there still some nerves? Are there still some nerves, or are you just ready to get out there first game and just get out? I mean, I feel like, um, I don't know, I don't really feel the nerves right now. You know, I feel like, you know, uh, when that comes, like when that feeling comes, I'm just going to pray about just having the. The mental peace, that's what it's about. And, you know, the nerves are kind of good sometimes. You know, that's excitement. So, um, when, like, when I feel it, I know it's here. And, I, and usually after that first hit, there's no more nerves, regardless of whether you have them or not. After you make contact, you know, all right, let's go. You know, so. So, obviously, some excitement for um, Paris Johnson. He seems very confident, very smart young man, ready to rock and roll. Um, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but Noah Togaili, Guy, I think I pronounced it better earlier when I was telling you about what we're going to have, but he spoke to me just real briefly after the red and white practice as well. He's a uh, tight end for the Cardinals. Personally, yeah, just as a, as a team. Uh, we're just trying to be fast and physical, and that's it. That, that's what our coach preaches every day, fast, physical, and smart, you know, and, and we're striving to do that every day. I think today wasn't one of our greatest days. You know, obviously you saw a lot of flags out there, but, you know, that's how, why we have however many practices we have. You know, we're going to come, watch the tape, clean it up, and hopefully be better the next practice. Seems like you're, you're taking that next step as a pass catcher. Uh, I honestly don't think there's any difference. You know, I, I feel like I've always made plays when the opportunity came. Now it's just I'm getting more opportunities. You know, that's the biggest thing. And I think I've prepared the right way to show what I can do. And now I'm just trying to do my best to execute that. So. It's been fun. It's been great, you know, uh, just gaining the trust of not only 
my position coach, but the, the, the offense coordinator the, the, and, and just your teammates in general. Obviously, I don't know anybody coming in here. And the best way to get to know people and kind of put yourself in there is by making plays, you know. Uh, it doesn't matter what you say. It all matters what you do on the field. So it's been nice. As an Oregon State guy, how did you I haven't really been able to sit around and look too much into it, but um, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. A lot of people have been uh, making fun of me about it. You know, I don't. You know, <laughs> but uh, I hope for the best for our school. You know, I have a lot of school pride. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just. Hope everything goes well with them. Excuse me. Um, as you know, I went to Chick-fil-A, so I don't mean to eat on air, but I'm eating on air. Um, obviously, that last question was about Oregon State. Oregon State, Washington State, uh, Cal, and Stanford, the only remaining teams left in the Pac-12, um, or will be the only remaining teams next year at this time. At the time of this recording, they're the only remaining teams in 2024 that will be a part of the Pac-12, or basically Pac-4. Um, and he was asked about being an uh, Oregon State guy and one of the only, coming from one of the only schools, how he feels, and he's uh, I don't know how to process it. I have been, you know, made fun of on that fact and really it all it is and because it they would be gone if they were wanted maybe there's plans later um so you're getting a little bit of my uh, of tomorrow's show coming out right now because the question was asked but no one wants those schools or oregon state um washington state cal and stanford they don't bring anything to the table their fan bases are terrible um the people are probably good the kids are good whatever but it's there's no marketability for those schools it's just the way it is and i probably alienated everybody that listens to this podcast that are fans of those teams but you got to realize that, that if you you had value you would have been gone already that I mean, just that's just the way it is um Hope for the best. I don't know what's going to happen. I hear that there was a report um, that uh, the ACC wants those four remaining schools or any of the four remaining schools if they want to join. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense geographically, but sure, go to the ACC if you feel like it. I don't know. But there's just, you know, again, because of the fan base and the markability, just, you know, you already have the majority of um, the state of Washington, you know, going to the Big Ten, they, they'll be tuning in. You don't need, you know, the rest. You you don't you don't need any of, uh, the you know, the Bay Area or anything like that. Their they're, they're, um, fan support isn't really all that good. You already have, you know, the, the California schools that you want there and, and the uh, – um, um, Big 12, and you already have the Phoenix and Tucson mar- market, which not not that, you know, um, some of those fans do watch California, you know, schools. 
and I guess that's why I mentioned him. Um, you don't, you know, you just don't have any reason um, to you. You already have the, you know, the majority of of Oregon, uh, so you know that, that covers it all. You, there's just there's just nothing for them, and uh, you know, you guys can rip me if you want to. Big Sky Sports Talk at uh, gmail.com. Shoot me a message on my socials. All of it is at Big Sky Sports Talk. Uh, you let me know, you know, if you if I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong, but if you want to let me know that I'm wrong, then uh, sure, by all means, go ahead. Um, next, we'll go ahead and, oh, hold on. Before we uh, leave Cardinals, um, you'll kind of get a glimpse of how practice went down um, with the 98.7 FM Arizona Sports. Um, they, uh, a couple guys that cover, uh, the Cardinals for, uh, Arizona sports talk about what happened at the red and white practice. Cardinals corner here, Tyler Drake, Arizona sports Cardinals reporter, Eric Ruby here at the red and white practice at state farm stadium. Head coach Jonathan Gannon said they were going to go full tilt today. Tyler, what did you see out there? Yeah, you know, it was one of the more spirited practices that we've had this training camp. Obviously, another padded practice is under their belt, and we saw some more hits. We saw some more intensity. We saw some more electricity. Some helmets were lost. Some big plays. I mean, just, you could tell it. Things were ratcheted up definitely for the red and white practice, which Jonathan Gannon told us before so. He wanted it to emulate a real game, and maybe even a little more so than a game just with the ins and outs that he wanted to throw in with the, you know, stopping a play or starting a play. So more game-like, but still practice. We'll see that, you know, really change when preseason comes around, but definitely a good dress rehearsal, I would say. Okay, in the dress rehearsal, though, a couple people stood out. Who made the best play of the day? James Conner, by far. Into into training camp, into practice, one-handed, looked like one-handed, over like three or four defenders in the corner of the end zone, kept his feet down. Celebration ensued. Easily the best play from camp, I've got to say, offensively. Okay, but who else, though? Maybe on the other side, Oh, defense. on the other side. All right, Isaiah Simmons, he uh, he had that gnat sound, as like we, we like to call in the business. The pop? He, the pop. He laid, one, he laid a hit on uh, Rondell Moore right in the middle. It looked like he was going to score a touchdown. Isaiah said, nope. Uh, Drop the shoulder and let him have it. And I mean, hey, things were going to get more intense today, and that was a really good example of that. Another one was Noah Tungay was stopped well short of the goal line and really kept rolling through guys and obviously, you know, slowing things down, not full speed. But you like to see the intensity, especially from a guy that's really fighting for a roster spot. He's had a couple good days out here, but what about today specifically besides any of the players we mentioned? Is there anybody worth bringing up saying, you know what, that was a bright spot? Yeah, Greg Dorch. I think Greg Dorch and Michael Wilson too. Greg Dorch, you know, really had the first touchdown of practice and really kept that going throughout the day. And then you've got Michael Wilson, who uh, had a red zone touchdown, had a number of good grabs, and really looks like he's he's continuing on that trajectory that we've seen really since he's gotten drafted. Both Wilson and Dorch, completely different body types, both great at getting open. If you want to hear more from red and white practice, Tyler and I were live for Cardinals Corner on 98.7. That's going to be up on the Arizona Sports app. Tyler's going to have you covered with all the articles that you can need. Arizona Sports app, ArizonaSports.com. Watch, read, listen, and we'll keep you up to date. All right, well, there you have it. Uh, uh, Noah Tungai, I think that's how he said it. I, I already forgot. Just that quick. I was practicing it a little bit, and then I'm like, all right, whatever. Here's my best shot. There it was. Um, That's the tight end that we just heard from earlier. 
A um, couple guys that stood out. Greg Dortch. What a Dortch. That's a 98.7 kind of thing. Um, from when I listened to them a lot, they, you know, anything that sounded like dork, they just, you know, whatever. That, that was their thing. That was, that was lame. I know if you don't get it, you don't get it and you're lost already. So, um, but Greg Dortch, uh, you have, uh, Isaiah Simmons land the lumber, um, James Connor making a great athletic play. So that's good. And it's good to hear that Isaiah Simmons is, is doing those things. Um, so that that's that's what you want, you know, because especially like I said, you know, he he's he's kind of on that the boomer bust, and he's more leaning towards the bust up to this point. Um, but anyway, that's everything I have Cardinals for for now. Again, we're gonna revisit them uh, for tomorrow's episode, um, as well as the next topic, and that would be um, ASU football. Um, will be visited pretty heavy um uh next and also tomorrow on uh big sky sports talk all right back with uh some asu football and uh kenny dillingham will have uh hear from him from the uh, fifth and sixth practice um and then uh tomorrow we'll hear from um seven um, the seventh practice. Um, so, uh, take it away, Kenny Dillingham. They responded well. I mean, started poorly, started as bad as you could possibly start, right? Just the intensity, the fiery, the passion, everything it takes to win was not there. So why are we going to practice football if – if it's useless, we're not. We're just going to bear crawl or do something else. What do you attribute that to? I mean, the same kind of thing happened. You were talking about after breaks during practice earlier in the week. Is there a theme to it? Or? Myself, uh, I felt like this. I mean, today I told him, hey, we're going to come out here. We're not going to do individual. We're going to shorten the practice. You guys have had really good workloads, right? So we're going to shorten it a little bit, do a, a little bit more team, a little bit more 11-on-11 11 11 stuff, right? And I don't think I set the tone uh, yet last night. I don't think I set the tone this morning of what practice still looks like, even if it's an hour and 10 minutes instead of two hours and 10 minutes, I think I've got to do a better job. Were you content with uh, kind of how it played with the offense the last period or two? I was, I was, I was, I thought they moved the ball well, but you know what, Situate, we talked about it. We have situational meetings on every other night. We talked about red zone the other day, and you look at those drives, three of them drove all the way down the field, the defense got us off the field in the red zone. Right, so if you don't finish drives, it's all for naught. Driving the ball all the way down the field in a 13-play drive and kicking a field goal is great, but you're not going to beat the good teams, right? If you win and you're a top three team in the red zone, you're going to win over 80% of your games, whether it's stopping or scoring, right? So defense dominated situational football there. Offense dominated the open field. Dif defense dominated situations. That that is accurate. That is He's no longer with the team. Anything else on that? No, I mean, he's a uh, great kid. I literally wish him nothing but the best. I think he's a phenomenal person. I think he's a really, really good football player. I think whoever gets him is going to get a really good person who cares and who is going to be a good football player for him. I think for him, he needs to change the scenery to kind of restart and show people what he can do and who he is. I don't feel like that's going to be any impact to you at, at 
No, I mean, I'm worried about the guys on our roster, so he's not on our roster. The, uh, you said yesterday the quarterbacks had their best day. How do you feel they built upon that today? I thought Drew had another good day. I thought Trenton had another solid day. So I thought, uh, I thought those guys are starting to get more comfortable. You can probably see it just watching the practice, just like the calmness a little bit and how they play. And it's that this is around the time when quarterbacks should click in a new year system, in a new system. It should take spring, it should take summer, it should take five to seven. The middle of fall camp is when it's like, whoa, it just clicks. And when it clicks, it just builds and builds and builds. And I think it's starting to click. Do you feel that, I mean, I know what you said to the offense, but the defense in general has just been coming out with that, with that passion, but they're taking the, they've taken good steps, big steps too. Yeah, I mean, when you have guys like Chris Edmonds, Xavion, Shamari, JC, D, Rowe, BJ, Prince, Coop, when you, Trey, when you have these dudes who are just fiery competitors, it raises the standard for everybody else. I mean, and that's what the defense has right now is they have a group of leaders that are so competitive. We do a scavenger hunt yesterday around the stadium, right? And I see JC sweating screaming at his team. He, he wins a scavenger hunt and he's as fiery as you'll ever be for a scavenger hunt at 7.30 at night after a full day camp. Winners win. When you compete at that level, when you're driven at that level to want to win, everything you do is like that. And if, the, if our players can feed off of those guys I mentioned, how they practice, how they play, how they live, the standard gets raised. Now we need a few more guys on offense who have that dog in them. We got a couple, they flash. Every once in a while they bark, but sometimes the door knocks and they want to sleep. We got to get them every time that door knocks, every time somebody rings that doorbell, they sprint to the door and they bark and they bite. And uh, we got to get more guys on offense that have that, that mentality. Let's go. What That fires me up because like, He's just an he's just a ball coach. That's just what Kenny Dillingham is, and he likes the intensity. He likes the 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 uh, the physicality. And if we can get together more guys that do exactly what he said, he said we got some dogs. We got some dogs, but we have a couple that when someone comes to the door, they're sleeping. But we need we need them to be up and jumping around and barking and get a little get a little bite to them man I, I it I, it excites me that you have a couple because really to be honest I, th that's not a term that I've ever heard for ASU football that we got some dogs man we get you know like in, in sports a lot of people just really don't understand exactly what that is and and, and, and and either you do or you don't I can't really break it down but it's just it's just people that are the best way I can tell you is people players that are just nasty physical you know it's not always the most athletic person that just just the ones that go down swinging um and that's that's what I like to hear and I I want to I want to see more of it too, uh, KD. <laughs> we'll call him KD. Kenny Dillingham. I'm I'm a, I'm that that jacks me up that that's something that that he's trying to push because I hear it a lot as an Alabama fan. I hear it all the time about guys with dog mentality. Georgia, you know uh, these SEC players. You don't hear it for the Pac-12. You don't. Um, 
and uh, it's it's unfortunate. But maybe we can hear some more of it, and and I'm I'm excited for um, Kenny Dillingham to throw the challenge out. I'm fired up for Southern Utah, baby. We're going to play Southern Utah week one. And uh, we're going to do everything we can to beat them. And whoever's on our schedule in 2024, repeat. Can you mention some players that kind of show some of those flashes of that dog mentality? Who are some of those players you feel like that kind of show that on the I, offense? On the offense, I think X at times. I think Badge is showing that at times. Uh, Frosty. Uh, there's, there's a few of them up front, actually. I, I could pretty much name three, four, or five of the old linemen that are showing that. Uh, I think Scat shows that, that he's a, that he's a dog, so he can't truck people in, in practice, right? When we're in tag mode, like, you got to make a move, you know? But uh, I think there's a few, right? But is there enough? Is there enough? Do you watch the tape and say, I don't want to play them? Like, that's how we should be perceived. I think you saw the quote, I think Coach Winningham said it the other day, about people want, shouldn't want to play us or fear us. Like, I believe it because they've created that. We have to create that here. And it doesn't just happen. It's not a switch that you flip. It is something you have to strive daily, daily to achieve. Good days, bad days, those are mindsets that don't turn off. They're, per they're permanently on. You've mentioned and that's what you get with, with a Georgia, with a, an Alabama. Um, you know, I'll throw it out there. You know, even though they don't um, – you know, even though they get beaten in in uh, um, national championship games a lot, <laughs> but uh, Ohio State, you hear it from Michigan, you hear it from a um, from uh, a Clemson. We need to hear it from ASU. You're not going to make the decision on the quarterback. Like the team's going to tell you who picked the quarterback. Are you seeing signs from your team that they're kind of starting to formulate an answer for you? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, we haven't had a, a scrimmage yet, so when we actually have a, a real scrimmage, like we have scripted plays today, a couple of scrimmage periods, but when you have a real scrimmage and you see who scores in scrimmage settings, right, that tells you everything you need to know is who scores. I remember when the quarterback competition back in, what was it, 11 or 12 with Taylor, nobody thought Taylor was going to win it, and he just scored, scored, and scored, and then he won a lot of games. It's simple. Offense scores, protects the ball. Defense prevents scoring. Be great in situational football on defense. Prevent big plays. Stop third downs. Stop low red. You'll be great on defense. Offense, find a way to score. I don't care how that looks. Even in that year, there was like a, a package for Michael Eubank. Do you see any no. No scenario in which you're going to use your We have one quarterback that our team knows is our leader. Whoever that is will be the guy, and the other people behind him will support him. They'll push him still. To become better, and they'll be ready if their opportunity becomes. All right. Um, now, um, the sixth practice. Kenny Dillingham. It's exciting. I mean, uh, college football is changing. Uh, I compare it to a technology business. 
Right? It changes every six months. There's new rules. You have to adapt. Right? I'd like to say uh, I had a plan since if you've noticed how we've been recruiting that region of the country since I've been here, I knew that was a, an option. And we made sure, made sure we diversified where we were recruiting in this class. That way we were ready, ready for whatever decision was made. How helpful is it to have, uh, sorry, uh, coaches like Carrington and Sample to have that experience recruiting in that region? Huge. I mean, that was a big reason we brought them in was their football acumen, but then their relationships in the region. And uh, knowing that there was a chance this could happen, right, we wanted to make sure that we had a plan regardless of where we were in, which is why I was never worried, because I knew we had a good plan regardless. I know this institution, we're a top city, right? We're one of the largest enrollments in the country. We're a top 20 public academics institution. We're a top 40 overall institution. We have more Fulbright scholars in Stanford. I mean, I was never worried about Arizona State. I'm worried about our football team. President Crow, our administration, they're gonna make, make sure Arizona State's always okay. I definitely believe it allows us to, you know, go into different homes that maybe didn't want to come play for us because the region we would play away games. Now us traveling, uh, you know, to Texas, traveling to the Oklahomas, oh, we need to recruit Oklahoma now. That's a place that I, in my past, signed five guys out of when I was in Memphis. So we definitely have to get a little bit more aggressive in that region of the country. But make no beans about it. I mean, we're going to recruit Arizona. We still have to recruit California. You know, if we look at where we need to recruit, I think we're what we're recruiting right now is kind of the staple. And may we get, may we have the opportunity to recruit a few more people in the Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana region? Yes, and uh, we'll take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, there's two sides. I have the fan in me that's like, man, like I grew up in the pack. Like the rivalries, the tradition, that's the fan in me. The coaching who, who came in here to do a job and to get this place where I know it can go is excited and thrilled because I know this was by far the best thing for Arizona State. So, you know, when I go, oh my gosh, ignore, ignore Chris, right? But so there's two sides. When I go home at night, it's a little sad. You know, the 18 hours I'm here, I'm pretty fired up. Do you want to play any of the old Pac-12 teams that aren't in the Big 12 in a non-conference game? Oh, for sure, Arizona. Well, I guess that's conference. <laughs> Always want to play that game. Always want to play that game. Other than that, we're going to play with a schedule. You know, uh, keep the Territorial Cup alive and play with a schedule. Not at all. I mean, you guys thought I probably worried about this all the time. I didn't shed a tear. Like I said, I know what Arizona State is. Arizona State is a half. It always will be a half. When situations like this happen, right, you're, I was just blessed to be at a school that was a half and always know that we would be on the right side of the situation wherever we ended up because it's Arizona State University. Do you have to allocate resources to study Big 12 teams this year with the connection Yeah, we're allocating a ton of resources to study Oklahoma State. Week two, I'm just kidding. But uh, not really. We'll focus on that in the future. Now, are we, does, does that league have higher budgets? Yes. Does that leave, league have more financial investment? Yes. 
So, you know, because of the situation we're in, we're going to get the opportunity to probably advance in those categories. And this is where we need the fans in the Valley to rally behind the decision to be in sports, to stay competitive. Right now, we need the fans in the Valley to get behind it, fill up the stands, show support, because we're going into the football heaven, Texas. If we're not ready and our fans aren't ready, right, and everybody is not ready, right, we're going to be in for a rude awakening. How did you find out about the developments? Were there alerts to your phone? Were you getting texts from Ray, Michael Crow? How are you kind of following the developments? Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, you know, I'm just excited, excited that uh, we're in the situation we're in. Coach, uh, yesterday Arizona coach Jed Fish said that all the uh, recent developments in college football, whether that be realignment, uh, NIL, or the transfer portal will be beneficial kind of to the student-athletes who feel that same way? Yeah, I mean, I think there's pros and cons to everything. I don't think you can ever make a decision and everybody happy. It's impossible, right? That's part of making decisions. What you do as a leader, what President Crow has to do, what Ray Anderson has to do, is make a decision that's best not for football, not for softball, not for hockey, not for basketball, but for Arizona State. And, for Arizona State. And if you look at what Arizona State is about, it's about serving its community, right? If you look at, you know, our vision and our mission statement as a university, it's about serving the community. And every decision they're going to make is about what is best for our community and what is best for Arizona State University. You guys good? On the field, coach. What kind of progress do you think you guys made this week? First week a lot. I think the growth from spring ball to now in terms of what it takes to win, we're still a long way away, but we're a lot closer than we were. And I think the guys are coming out here like, look at them, they're smiling on their faces. We just practiced two hours and 10 minutes. People are out here smiling, they're competing, they're, they're falling in love with the process. And that's the challenge, not just in football, but in life, right? You don't always do the job you want. I didn't always. I wasn't always the head coach at Arizona State. I've been a GA at Memphis, where I lived on an air mattress, right? I didn't have a TV, right? There was caution tape on the door next door, right? It wasn't the job I wanted, but you know what? I fell in love with the process and the situation I was in. And I think that's what we're challenging our guys is fall in love with the process and the situation you're in. Oh, what's up, funny guy? I have a question for you. Uh, after Jordan Clark's performance today at receiver, um, is there any way that he could get a, a play, an option route, maybe a fade in the playbook this year? 100%. I think we're going to run all those plays in practice, though. <laughs> I threw them off. See ya. Last question being asked from one of his players, of course. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of that, of course, was uh, um, Kenny Dillingham's reaction. Obviously, he's fired up, as he should be. He understands. Pac-12 was going nowhere. The, the the Big Twelve is 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 a big difference. <laughs> no pun intended on big there, but it, it's it you know it's it it's a new level, and they they you know. But he also kind of alluded to we have to be ready. We have to play a different brand of football, a better brand of football, and we need our fans to get excited and get involved. I wonder though if this change will kind of bring. A different excitement to the fans. I wonder if a lot of because of where the Pac-12 go, went was going, that that a lot of fans are like I just don't want to support this brand of football. And so I wonder if, if the fans will will start to come out. I I think I think they should have all all always done it, 
that it doesn't matter, you know, where what league you're in, but and that's the type of fan I am. Uh, but uh, I I have a feeling that it's that's going to um, be a major change. Well, um, that's all I have for this episode. Um, stay tuned in in and uh, um, well, a couple hours for me, but obviously you know uh, quite a bit longer for you. But we'll have uh, um, the Tuesday edition, which we'll revisit some of the same uh, same uh, things a little bit. We won't have any Diamondbacks. We'll have uh, some more Cardinals uh, and a lot of ASU. And that will be um, coming up uh, for, and, you know, like I said, in, in, in just a couple hours. Since I'm getting this out late, I'm, I'm about to wrap it up. It's 8.30 uh, in, in the evening. So uh, for some of you that, you know, want to get get to listening um, or, or already listening, hopefully uh, – you know, uh, you you enjoyed it, and and for others, you well, you're listening to it, you know, and and it's Tuesday or, or a little bit later, and so uh, whatever whatever the deal is for you. Um, but as always, I appreciate you guys listening. Um, if you ever want to get in t- contact with me, you can. You can uh, chime in on anything and everything I've said. Big Sky Sports Talk at Gmail dot com. Uh, you can shoot me a me- direct message on uh, f- uh, Facebook or Instagram. Um, at Big Sky Sports Talk on Facebook and Instagram. You can comment on something on Twitter or YouTube at Big Sky Sports Talk. Easy peasy lemon squeezy on all that. Um, and then um, if you want to uh, listen to the show, you have plenty of options. You have Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, um, Stitcher, just about everywhere um, you can find us. We're, we're able to be found really and truly. And we thank you for doing that. Hit the bell notification so you don't miss out on each show. And uh, you can listen right away and share the episode. Um, I strongly encourage that. Um, like and follow, comment and share on Facebook posts and Instagram, uh, YouTube, TikTok. All of that, again, is at Big Sky Sports Talk. And I just can't thank you enough for doing that. Please, please, please uh, go if you're in Billings, go to Muya and uh, tell them that I sent you. Talk to Rico. He'll hook you up. His team is fantastic. It's it's a great atmosphere. It's great food and phenomenal customer service. I promise you will not be disappointed. Um, well, let me stop yapping and uh, let, let's get this this Monday edition uh, up uploaded and ready to go. Uh, until tomorrow. Thanks.